Welcome to Dynamic Destiny with your host, Coach Pete, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I want to help you get unstuck, get clarity for your life's purpose, view things in a new way, and get your happy back. We won't just talk about theories on the show. We'll give you practical tools and wisdom that you can apply to your everyday life. So stay with me during this next hour as we unpack your powerful potential now. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Coach Pete coming to you from New York City, the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic. You're listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio on Transformation Talk Radio. Each first and third Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we'll help you get unstuck and keep moving forward toward your destiny. You can listen to the show on Facebook Live, your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, or my website, PeteCoaching.com. Hey, I uh, thought really timely. We're all dealing with the pandemic. We're locked down at this point. And um, today we have a really special guest. I have on here a friend of mine who is a doctor at a hospital in one of the worst hit areas of New York City. And she's going to tell you what it's like to be there and then also how she deals with it personally. So I can't wait for you to hear her story. Uh, but before we do that, just want to share the quote for the day. And this one comes from Nelson Mandela. And he said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Boy, I love that. I think it's really timely here with the pandemic. There is a lot to be afraid of. And some people are just being crippled by this anxiety. And, you know, and whether it's this you know someone who's really sick um, and it's, it's really scary how it's gonna affect your family. And God bless you if that is the case, we feel for you. But for a lot of other people who aren't feeling the acute, we all have this underlying and it's not going away. And it's this anxiety, these, these micro anxiety hits. That's another form of fear. Okay, so for us to be courageous in this is not to oh, I can't be courageous because I'm afraid. No, you can be courageous and afraid at the same time, okay? It's, we're not gonna deny the reality of these things that are happening, that they can be fearful, but we're gonna choose not to focus on those. We're gonna choose courage instead, courage being doing the right thing and moving forward. So this is why I wanted to have my guest on. Um, so, uh, because she is, on the front lines, literally at the hospital, dealing with all these things. And she has to be courageous all the time uh, when she's on and when she's not, when she's at home, she has to be courageous too. And uh, so I want you to welcome, join me in welcoming our guest, Olive Aswaji. Yay, welcome, Olive. I can't here. <laughs> oh, yeah, so great to have you here, Olive. And thank you for, um, guys, she's in the middle of her work rotation and everything. And it's like, uh, it's kind of intense. So she's taking some time out looking energetic, but guys, trust me, it's like, I don't want to say it's an act because she's like super healthy. She's like this energy ball, but she is putting in long hours right now. And she decided, you know, she's willing to, to, to give us some time here. I know Olive. Um, I first met her at my church and my wife and I, uh, Lynn, we host a, uh, we frequently host small groups in our home for like a series, maybe 12, 13 weeks. We'll focus on a specific uh, topic of faith. And it's also where we make things very real. We get real with each other. We talk about uh, issues and um, pray for each other, support each other, love each other, and we learn together. And Olive uh, joined our group and boy, she showed a lot of dedication uh, she lives down in Queens, and I'm way up in Washington Heights. It was an hour one way on the, on the subway to get to our place, and she showed up almost every week um, when she wasn't uh, in her residency rotation, and she was just such a huge, uh, positive, uh, energetic uh, uh, presence in, in our group, but the, thing, the other thing I really appreciated about her, she's obviously super smart, uh, and um, actually, Olive's, uh, she's, she's from Nigeria. So she came to the U.S., had to learn a completely new culture in a real intensive uh, educational environment in a hospital, and it's just, you know, requires so much of her. 
making all this commute because she wants to grow spiritually and wants to build relationships. But at the same time, Olive, the one thing I appreciated you about you so much was you still had this really humble, teachable attitude. Like you just wanted to learn and had all these questions. And I'm like, wow, just mad respect. So welcome to our show and uh, so glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, Pete. I'm, I'm very glad to do this. Yeah. So Olive, um, before we talk uh, really about what you're, what you're dealing with and what you're facing, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, just about yourself and your background? Yeah. Um, I'm Olive Oswaji. I'm a resident physician at a, one of the largest hospitals actually in Queens. Um, I'm a third year internal medicine resident, um, just well, three months away from completing residency. I, um, I've been in the U.S. for going on six years now. I moved here with my family in 2014. You know, I have a lot of extended family in Chicago, and the plan was to come join the rest of my extended family. And then shortly after, I moved from Chicago to New York to pursue residency. You know, I like it so here, I'm going to stay back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I would say a person of um, faith. For the most part, um, my faith like it, it's, it has a large influence on who I am and like what I do in life. Um, I'm somebody who has a heart for people, you know. And this is just outside of medicine. You know, it's it's one thing to be in medicine and like be there because you have compassion for people, and because you want to help heal and like touch lives. But I just am generally generally that kind of person in like outside of medicine. Okay, so um, Olive. Uh... Most of us are cloistered at home. We're watching the news. We're seeing things on social media. You're right there and so busy that it's not like you guys have all this time to report on what's going on. And then you know, the other thing is we just see numbers, this many cases, this many deaths, and it kind of somewhat dehumanizes it. Yeah, um, that is true. Tell us what it's like right on the front lines where you're at. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right in what you said. It's I guess it's very different when you're, right in the middle of things because i get to see everything in real time <laughs> pretty much you know and i'll say this what most people see what, whatever you see on the news the numbers are true like they are there's is, is, is a person behind every single one of those numbers there's a family behind every person who is one of those numbers um and that's a very sad thing but yeah the the, the, the figures we see out there that's put out in the media is all correct um it's uh, one word I've used to describe it over and over again is when we're at the hospital, it seems like the hospital's like a war zone, basically. Mm. It's, you know, when people, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I've pretty much seen our hospital evolve and change so much in the space of a few weeks, you know, just to adapt and like have us like serve at, you know, 100 times, 100% more capacity than we typically would. Um, there's, most of the patients that come in and that we see tend to be, you know, for the most part, very, very sick. You know, a lot of them on the brink of death. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's it's been it's been it's been it's great when you have victory stories and you see some people like coming really sick and I like, get to leave healthy and alive. You know, but more often than not, that that's not the case. You know, all of them end up being on um, ventilators and like subsequently die. Um, and that's a hard thing to deal with both for like, of course, patients and their families who can't even be with them, you know, at mm. their I can't and imagine. Yes, that's going to be so hard. You know, healthcare providers as well. That's tough on us, tough on our psyche. It's tough on us just physically because we're having to work at maybe 200% more <laughs> capacity that we typically would, you know, our patient load has increased, um, um, dramatically, you know, but it's, well, been um, can you, can you help us a little bit like specifically, for you, like, what's, what's your role? Like, are you doing um, intakes or, you know? Yeah, so I've done, so the past few weeks and like in the, I would say in the, let me use the word peak, in the, like when we had the surge at first, I functioned in the capacity where I would do all, most of the admissions comments. Like whenever the ED sees a patient, you know, um, assesses them, decides that they have to be admitted to the hospital, I then take over. Um, do like a history and physical on them. So do like the initial assessment for patients who are going to end up being admitted to the hospital. And I saw them in like, I mean, we would typically in those shifts, I would see maybe on a regular day, like six patients, seven patients. We're seeing like 40. Seeing 50 wow. hour shift. Yeah. So you can only imagine 
the effect it had on us. Like you're having to work like, I don't know, seven times as much or as hard as you typically would. Um, so it was, it was pretty intense, but I'll tell you this, even in the midst of the chaos, um, I still, I still find a lot of it rewarding, honestly. And just knowing that you're able to, I guess, impact those lives at that, in that, in this, you know, in this craziness, so to speak, is, is it is rewarding. So, so Olive, we also hear and read about, uh, you use the term war zone. We hear about the strain on the healthcare system here in New York. They, we had a mercy ship, a medical mercy ship pull up at the, um, also the Javits Center. And then in Central Park, there's this temporary tent uh, for overflow. Um, there's also a new one in Queens as well. Oh, is that right? The tennis center is, yes. yes. Yeah, so when you say a war zone, I mean, I mean, what does that look like visually that's different than normal hospital life? I mean, it's like a, a, a penis scenario. You know, it's, it's difficult when you're, it's hard for you to walk through the emergency room when there are beds literally in the way, like in the hallway. You know, when you're having to use, I mean, the, most EDs have different sections of them. Like there's sections for, I guess, relatively stable patients. There's sections for patients who are like on the brink of death. Sections for patients who would maybe just be, need to be in the ED for a few hours. For and, and I'm sorry, ED is emergency department? Okay, okay. Emergency room or emergency department. But it's hard when you then have all those different um, sections filled and then you have the hallways as well filled. You know, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's kind of is chaotic when you have multiple personnel trying to communicate with each other all at the same time. Um, you have, sometimes you have patients had to sit in chairs. You have rooms that typically would like room one patient having, having to be used for maybe 10 patients, you know, nine patients. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think war zone means to me, and given what I've seen, is it's functioning at like 300 or 200 like percentage capacity, like much more than wow. you typically would. Yeah. Um, and I guess having to, we've had so many constructions or so many like mobile devices put in place that typically weren't in the hospital before, you know. So, like, I mean, I walked in on maybe. <laughs> One weekend, things were normal, and I, I walked in the week after into the emergency room, and it's completely different from what I've seen before. It just looked you know, very um, surreal. That's the word. Mm, mm, yeah, it mm. was like a dream. It's like, this is my emergency room or somewhere else, you know? Wow. Wow. Um, what, uh, I guess, you know, and what's that like? Uh, and we'll talk about more how you handle it, but. What are you seeing with the, uh, you know, the staff and the kind of uh, burden and the, the stress that's, that's happening? Like, how is that affecting people personally, medical uh, staff? You know what? I'll say initially, um, in the first few shifts I did during the surge, there was this very palpable fear amongst all the healthcare personnel, you know, from the mm -hmm. doctors to the nurses to, I mean, nursing assistants to social workers, respiratory therapists. I mean, people were definitely very um, scared, I'll say that. But I'll say in a couple of weeks after that, it sort of evolved into like a new normal, you know. But just speaking to some people one-on-one, -on -one, you can tell people are very, um, I guess, worried. They're anxious for themselves, anxious for their families, which people have. You know, I know people who are currently maybe like living in their basement so they could like separate from wow. Their oh yeah. So they're 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 giving everything out. They're, it's super super stressful, traumatic, and when they come home, they can't really get comforted. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. The concern that they could, you know, a lot of people who get this um, virus tend to be asymptomatic spreaders. So you, we, I mean, and most of the healthcare personnel tend to be well. Half of us are like young, so to speak, healthy and in, you know in good health. So we could be potentially like we can get this virus and pass it on to our like family members without even knowing. So because of the concern for that, people just tend to like isolate themselves from their family. Yeah. Well, Olive, what's, um, you know, what we might cover this a little later in the show too, but right now from a medical point of view, what's one thing that you really want people to know? If you could, you do right now, you have a platform, tell everybody from a medical point of view, what do you want people to know? Um, I'll say this. I feel like we will get through this as a nation. People need to stay calm and people need to stay home, 
right? Whatever is being put out by all our public health officials and the government in terms of you know, guidelines to follow, I'll say follow them to the T. There's a reason why, like, like so much data and so much science goes behind um, all the mandates that are put out there. So people need to listen to them, comply. I mean, I mean, when you look at the news and see the numbers and see that, you know, in New York, for example, we peaked in our number of hospitalizations. It's for reasons because we've been following the rules and it's not paying off. So we need to continue doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, thank you. Uh, you are listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete, where we unpack your powerful potential. I have my guest, Olive Aswaji, who is a doctor on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic at one of our New York City hospitals. And uh, she's uh, agreed to take a break from her crazy schedule just to to talk with us a little bit. So Olive, thank you uh, so much. Um, You know, we are so grateful for all the extra effort from the healthcare professionals as well as first responders. Um, I read a real good article in the BBC from a, uh, I think Brooklyn-based ENT and just really this PTSD of what he's going through. Um, so we're really appreciative. I know at seven o'clock every, every day, uh, all us New Yorkers uh, open up our windows and we shout out and, you know, for three minutes straight, just clap. And have you experienced that yet? Or You know what? For the first couple of weeks, I would actually sleep through that because I was working with the AM shift. <laughs> and then I happened to hear it once. I'm like, oh, that's, it was very heartwarming, you know? Um, it's been nice to like, switch on, on TV and see all the um, the messages of thanks and appreciation. You know, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very moved by what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I know we, my wife and I do it. Lynn's a little more enthusiastic about it. She gets a pot and she's like banging it out the window. I got a t- true confession though. Sometimes I roll the window down and I'm cheering and sometimes I'm just screaming <laughs> for my own stress level. Just like, ah! <laughs> I get to yell. This is great. We love, we love the screams. We love the screams. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, and we uh, we do. Um, hey, if you're shout out, you don't have to be in New York City anywhere. You know, support. Uh, let let your uh, your healthcare workers, your first responders, all the people that are going the extra effort. Uh, let them know uh, that you appreciate them. Well, um, Olive. Uh, we're trying, you know, part of the reason we have in the show is just to help people with positivity in, in this, in this time, we usually talk about some pretty big, uh, thematic long-term plan out your life. We're talking about destiny stuff and we'll talk about a little bit more about that later, but a lot of times people are now, right now they're dealing with short-term, how do I, you know, get through this day or this moment or maybe this depression or this anxiety or things I'm feeling you're surrounded, not like I wonder if that person is infected. I know that person's infected. That person's so infected, they're, they, they're on the brink of death. You have to go like help them and, and things. How do you deal with that? How do you keep that fear at bay? And how do you keep your spirits up? Honestly, a part of it comes with just being in medicine for a long time. Um, and I think just that mental preparation. Like, so I'll tell you this, at our hospital, given how we are, um, I guess, positioned for like an onslaught of many cases, we had been sort of preparing mentally for this for a while. So we, we had heard, you know, the outbreak in China um, where we were sort of, I guess, anticipating this maybe weeks before it came to our hospital. Okay. You know, I think in, in my mind somewhere, I just sort of, I had already mentally condition myself to know you know what we're going to be dealing with many patients with this infection um and i just um i I think my faith as well (laughs) really comes to play in this um it's i'm I'm going in not only as a physician but as somebody who like places their faith in god so it's, it's sort of a, <laughs> it's a, I would, say, I would call it a double whammy, but you know, like it's, I'm going in, I guess, double buffered, so to speak. Okay. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I know like anybody from the outside looking at it would be like, oh, how, like, how do you have the courage to just, you know, walk into a room with literally like 80 patients and they're all infected, all coughing, fine with masks on, but still like these are droplets we've heard, you know, can like <laughs> travel 
13 feet as opposed to the actual six feet that people talk about. Yeah, studies in China have shown that, you know, they live in surfaces for what, 27 hours, you know, but I'm able to still go in there just with that, like, um, I guess, knowledge and confidence that, you know, hopefully by God's grace, I'm protected. And even if I weren't and I get sick, I still trust whatever happens in that instance. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of, it's like I mentioned, it's, it's a combination of just my faith and having been in medicine for a while and you just be mentally prepared that this is what I'm, you know, and this is what I signed up for. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Awesome. Uh, wow. That's, that's a lot. You're, you're living out that quote from Nelson Mandela, right? The fear is there, but you're, you're learning like how to quote. overcome it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, you're using the term faith. That's awesome. Can we um, like unpack that and drill down even a little bit more and get more specific? Are there certain, I know certain people at this time, uh, there are certain Bible verses they like, or there's certain things they're telling themselves or, um, and for you, I guess, and I'm, I'll let you just talk, but I guess another thing I want to throw in there is, is this just like a general positivity? You know, I think things are going to work out or does it get very personal and, and specific uh, in, your, in your spiritual approach? You know, there's, um, there's nothing about Christianity or, the, or our walk with God that says everything's going to be okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, so D despite what you might hear on uh, a television preacher, exactly. Right? So it's not, a, it's not a positivity speech. I guess nothing. I'm not. Um, I'll say I'm relatively grounded in my faith enough to know that it's not going to be all like roses and all well all the time. Um, but I'll say God has been kind enough to give me enough faith to know that whatever it is I'm passing through, He is there with me. Question. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. Is there are there any like I know certain people have certain like uh, scriptures or whatever that they'd like to hold on to. Well, yeah, so when this um, entire breakout first started, uh, Psalm nine, I think Psalm ninety one verse three. Yeah, it's a big one right now. Psalm ninety one. Yeah, so it's so funny. Like my mind actually went to that psalm. Um, that verse but over the course of the la like last three to four weeks i've had all the verses come to my mind i just can't remember them right now but you know that was the one that really stuck out to me initially i mean the bible is there's so many verses in the bible about how god protects us from evil and from um disease so i think they're all they're all very relevant in this time but yeah it's been it's been helpful to like go back you know read those verses and just kind of meditate on them you know and like this is a time to really exercise i guess my faith <laughs> and just my trust i got to protect me no, no matter what's going on yeah well you know what i happen to have simon 91 up right now so i'm going to read just a couple verses from that uh because hopefully this can help some people uh latch on and and when we say your faith in god it's it doesn't have to just be like we're not talking about a faith in a concept like God is alive. He is a living spirit who loves you and wants to be involved in your life. And he does not want you living in fear and anxiety. And so he, he tells us certain things about his nature and about his, uh, he gives us certain promises and assurances that we can latch onto. And so Psalm 91 starts out, says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high, meaning God, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And this talks about us having a living, active relationship with God. If that's the case and we dwell there, meaning we make that a regular practice throughout the day, then we know that we're in the shadow of the Almighty's protection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it goes on. Um, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him and whom I trust. And the next verse says, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. That's a, a, a person who catches birds uh, for a living like a hunter. Um, you won't get snared and he will save you from the deadly pestilence. Okay. You won't fear the terror of night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the plague that destroys at midday. So uh, that's uh, verses uh, five and six. You won't fear these things. Um, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. And if you say the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, nor disaster will come near your tent. Okay. So, um, we're talking especially about the fear aspect of this, but as we can, you know, we, we hope you come to a personal relationship 
with with God, and that's what that's what Jesus came for is to make that uh, make that connection. But uh, this talks about dwelling in God's presence can help just keep all that fear at bay and knowing, like we all have a time, a time, uh, you know, a number of days plotted out for us. And if it's not your time yet, we can, we can be comforted to know, hey, God's got the power to keep us and to, to protect us uh, in, in his will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Like I, I've, in this entire period, I've had this very, um, I'd say, unusual sense of peace and calm that I'm even very surprised by. You know, it's like I'm in there in the throes of it. There's chaos around me. There's panic. But I just happen to be very, like, relaxed and very, have a very serene, this serenity about how I feel. And I know this can only come from God. Like, I know this, <laughs> I'm so sure it's going to only be the hand of God. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. I really am. You know, I'm, I'm happy that in the midst of a pandemic with so much death around me, um, even though it's very moving and sad, I still am able to, I guess, maintain for the most part my sanity and just be calm. That no matter what happens, like come what may, it's all in the hands of God. Yeah, so you're feeling this uh, sustaining uh, power and presence in your life. I got to tell you, I mean, I know just for our audience, I know Olive, <laughs> we're like, we're friends. We've done things together. We've talked about things and um, I can see it. I literally can see it on your face. I can see it. I know you're putting in really long hours right now, but you can see this. I don't know. I don't want to call it a bubble around you, but you can see the grace of God and the empowering strength of God in your life right now. It's like, it's kind of evident. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. And, and, and folks, um, if you're listening to the show, um, like this is Olive, that's awesome. This, she becomes to us kind of like an everyday hero. But that same power that Olive's walking in right now, she's walking out, it's available to you too, okay? And you might not think your situation is as extreme or is, is crisis-oriented or you know, you're not on the front lines, but that doesn't matter. God still loves you. And maybe you're at home and what you're facing might be loneliness or you might be facing things uh, like, I think a big thing is, is regret. You know, like if you got extra time to think about your life and you're not drowning your sorrows, you know, entertainment only goes so long before you start getting really bored with that. And, or, you know, alcohol or other kind of chemicals. And then you start looking at your life, like, where's my life headed? What am I not doing with my free time? I've been addicted to being on spin cycle and I'm forced to slow down right now. We're all dealing with different issues and God wants to meet you where you're at right now in your situation. Okay. So I was an example for us, but take that example, run with it and apply it to your own life. Okay. And that's where this becomes real. And, you know, we're filming this uh, actually right before Easter It's probably going to air after Easter but it's super timely, you know, to know that this is what God has provided for you. He sent Jesus. Jesus uh, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins, not for his sins, but for your sins to take away that guilt and that shame. And he rose again and he poured out his Holy Spirit. If you believe in him and trust in him, he will literally come into your life, start to change you, bring you new life, give you the power to overcome sin. Because he did that and he gives you that power. And then you can know him personally. You can know Father God personally. And uh, that's the best news in the world. Olive's living proof of it. She's telling you how that's playing out in her life. I'm living proof of it. It's, it's changed my life. And it's available to anyone. Uh, Jesus said, whosoever will. That's an old, old English term. But I mean, whoever, anybody. No, uh, you don't have to work yourself up to um, be good enough first for God to pay attention to. In fact, it's the opposite. He goes after people who are struggling, who know they're not good enough. And he says, come to me, I'll take care of your, your moral issues and I'll help you learn how to overcome these things. But he, he wants everybody, okay? So, wow, wound up preaching here, but it's like the best news in the world. That's the story of Easter. And it's, it's changed our lives amazingly, uh, immensely. And we just want everyone to know about that, that it's available to you. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, we're going to have our Make It Real Challenge. We're going to hear more from Olive 
uh, telling us uh, about her life, how she got into medicine. And she's really, I, I, she's super inspirational to me. There's more to her story. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay. We're going to take a break. I'm going to Okay. So um, we're coming back into the second half. There's the lightning strike and the thunder rumble. We're back on Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete, where we unpack your powerful potential. As a reminder, you can catch archived episodes and get lots of helpful free content and resources at PeteCoaching.com. Hey, I'm here with my special guest, Olive Asawaji, who is a doctor at a hospital in the thick of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic here in New York City. And it's, uh, she's telling us some, some great uh, information and some stories. What's it like to be on the front lines? Olive, um, on the break, you and I were just chatting a little bit. Can you um, maybe tell us just a specific story of um, one of the situations you've had to deal with? Yeah, I, re- I had a really sad um, situation a few weeks ago. So we had a patient who their family had decided to make them DNR, DNI. That basically, what, what, what does that mean? That, for- yes, that means if somebody were to be, if their heart were to stop beating and if they were about to die, you do not want any resuscitative efforts. Like you don't want to, you know, start CPR, for example, or mm. you know, put them on medications that could prolong their lives or maybe put them on a vent. So the family had agreed to, you know, just have them be comfort, you know, like just comfort care and let them, you know, pass away peacefully. And um, the plan was, because the patient was already on a vent, the plan was to then, you know, unplug them. And the family wanted me to put them on speakerphone because they couldn't be there, of course, you know, because of concern for like infection. Um, But they wanted me to put them on speakerphone and read to them the patient's vital signs on the monitor as the numbers like decreased, you know, up until mm. we, the heart rate for me for, for, for when it goes from 80 to maybe 70 to you know, 28 to zero, you know, that was very tough. Um, and I mean, the family was quiet as I read out the numbers, but I, I could, I could feel the emotion, you know, behind the phone. Mm. Um, that, was, that was a very, it was a very tough moment. You know, it was just hard. Like, seeing them not being able to be there for their family member in their last minutes of life. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you were, you were able to be there and kind of be a bridge there. So I've heard that's one of the hardest things right now for people um, is just the lack of closure. And then even afterward, maybe you can't have a funeral. Like, like there's just, it's so overloaded and even burials and things are just really, really tough. Um, yeah. Well, um, you know, Olive, I, the other thing you and I were chatting about a little bit is um, some people, I haven't heard too much of this, but some people are saying, asking the question, is this pandemic, is this God's judgment on humanity? What's, uh, what's your take on that? I don't think so. I don't, I, I would say I don't buy into that. Um, the God I've experienced so far is a very loving, you know, faithful, kind, caring god um he's very he's just he's a just person you know um that means you know he i mean of course absolutely hates evil and he deals with evil in a certain kind of way but at the same time all that being said he's a very kind he's a very kind god so i don't like i don't think it's his god's i don't think his intention is to like wipe up the whole earth with with this one virus um but i would say this i believe that he has lessons for us to learn in this pandemic Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think he's, he's taken a man-made event because honestly, this, this, the outbreak started where in China, we all know how it started. It was, you know, wet markets with different kinds of animals and the human beings contracted virus from the animals. Um, and most notably bats, you know, so he, he's taken a man-made event, right. Um, that's sort of, you know, playing out before our eyes and I guess he's going to use, which is how God, typically functions like he takes an event and he uses he finds a way to penetrate in that event and like uses that event to probably like possibly draw people nearer to him right mm. so i think he's <laughs> so i think he's doing it in this time but did he you know on purpose be like oh i'm gonna smite the entire earth and like <laughs> use this virus like why part humanity no i hope yeah. he knows what's planned yeah god's 
if you're listening to this and you're struggling with these kinds of things, like we don't, and we don't have the answer for everything. Why was everything caused? We do know that God gave humankind a lot of free will and a lot of the problems on earth are a result of our own meddling or or neglect or the way we treat each other. But you know what? It kind of, whether, no matter what the cause was, he loves you. He wants to, be involved with you. He wants to help you. God is on your side. He likes humanity. He created humanity. And he wants you to know that he loves you and he wants to comfort you. And uh, he wants to help you. And sometimes these disruptions hit our lifestyle or, you know, for me, it's just a disruption. For other people, it's, it's, it's their tragedies. But they arrest our attention and they cause us kind of to recalibrate sometimes. Yeah. It's up to you what you're going to recalibrate to. Our all of my my experience is uh, you know uh, the arms of a loving God. Uh, there's no no substitute. And it's very real. It's not just we're not just telling ourselves these nice concepts. He's involved in our lives and, and making real changes. Well, um, Olive, along those lines, I think it's time for the Make It Real Challenge. So you're my guest. Can you give me a drum roll, please? And okay, here we can get it going, going louder, louder, louder. Bang, there's a symbol. Okay, make it real challenge for this episode is simple. We want you to think about one thing, just one thing that you're thankful for during this lockdown. But to make it real, I want you to go to my Facebook page, Coach Pete. So if you can, you can search for that on Facebook. It's a dedicated business page, Coach Pete, and right in there as a comment, the one thing that you're thankful for. One thing you're thankful for, go to Facebook, Coach Pete page, and tell me what you're thankful for. Now, is that enough? Well, we would really like you to make that a daily habit, not writing on my page a daily habit, for yourself, (laughs) with your heart attitude. Keep coming up with things that you're thankful for. There's plenty, plenty of things. If you're feeling lost right now, like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, my, my wife lost her job. I'm being really vulnerable right here because she's in the tourism industry and it's gone. There is no tourism industry right now in New York. Um, you know what? I could be thankful that she had a job. Sometimes when we miss those things, they remind us to be thankful of the things we do have. Um, and, uh, and thank God uh, in the United States, uh, we have unemployment and some things like that. So that, that's all cool. Um, okay, so be thankful and try to make that a regular practice. Um, Olive, what else, uh, what else would you, you know, we, we, all, we so respect what you're doing right now and everything. What else would you want to tell everyone else who's, uh, who's going through this from your perspective? Um, I think it's a time for people to just, you know, set aside, I guess, minutes or whatever time you have in the day to really inflect and like think about i don't want to say think about your life in a you know i don't say throw a party don't don't throw a pity party for yourself but just look as this is a time for i guess self-development so to speak i'm trying to like avoid some words because they sound so cliche (laughs) oh go ahead go ahead and use them yeah i just i don't want people to like think you know like because people because people have been throwing this around so often during this entire season but i just think it's a good time for people to sort of like slow down and inflect because think about it when life goes back to normal in the next I don't know, few weeks or a few months um you know we don't really know when you may not have this time anymore you know so now that you have the time to you know be still and be calm you know, think of it as an opportunity to you know just self-inflect um sort of maybe think about where you've been where you currently are and like where you want to be you know yeah, it's, it's a time to strategize. It's, it's a time for people who have families, it's a time to like draw closer to your family, you know. Um, yeah, I just want people to, you know, keep hope alive. Okay. Well, Olive, it's, I'm not surprised that you gave me that kind of an answer. And by the way, folks, we did not, I did not prep her. I'm trying to be so, not political, but I'm trying, oh my gosh, I like pick my words. Uh, no, just be, be yourself, just be, let it rip. Part of the reason I'm not surprised for Olive to um, share that is, folks, if you know her story and if you get to know her, um, Olive is not someone to just sit idly by and watch life uh, pass her. Um, I already mentioned she's from Nigeria. Her family immigrated over to the U.S. 
And she is one tenacious cookie, I'll tell you. <laughs> She's always working and really hard, always wants to learn, and still maintains a really compassionate uh, outlook and demeanor to people. But this lady is fiercely competitive. Like she does, once she masters something, okay, let's go on to the next thing. And um, so, Olive, can you tell us just maybe a little bit more about your, your own journey and some of the twists and turns it took? I mean, right now you're a doctor. Is this what you always wanted to do with your life? You know what? I had, I feel like different age. I think when I, when I was younger, every five or six years, I would come up with something new <laughs> that I wanted to do. So I actually, um, my dad is a physician back in Nigeria. He's a pediatric surgeon. And I sort of, you know, my first thing I wanted to do when I was younger, when I was five years old, was I wanted to be a doctor. And then at 13, I wanted to be a writer. And at like 18, I wanted to be a beauty queen. queen. So it's like, I've, I've gone a from- A beauty queen. Yeah, it was like ex very extreme things. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I feel my first love was always medicine. And I knew that no matter what else, like, what, no matter what else I went to or ventured off um, to do, I wanted something that was stable and long-term. And medicine is that, you know. You know, and- um, I mean, God blessed me with, I guess, the, the intellect to, you know, fulfill that dream and um, a compassion for people, which I think two essential things you need to be in, in healthcare. Um, and yeah, here I am. You know, I, I did manage to do a, <laughs> to a national pageant back in Nigeria, um, <laughs> like in 20, 2009, I think. Um, wait, I so, wait, so you, you were in a beauty pageant? Yes, yes. Miss, it was called Miss Nigeria? Well, it's, it's called Most Beautiful Girl in Nigeria, but whoever wins it actually represents the country and like Miss World and Miss, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it is our national, like endorsed national pageant. Um, and I happened to be a top 10 finalist in 2009. Top yeah. 10 finalist. All right. Yeah. I can see why. You're a beautiful woman. So, Thank yeah. You. I, still haven't, I still haven't written a book yet, though. That's going to be <laughs> hopefully someday. That's, that's on my list of things to do. <laughs> okay. So, you knew you wanted to be in medicine. Even that, is this like played out exactly the way you thought it was going to? No, it hasn't. Um, I, when I was in med school, I was, you know, really looking for a way to combine like my love of medicine and my love for the aesthetics, so to speak, of medicine. So I was in medical school. My plan was, to, you know, to um, be a dermatologist. But then I moved to the U.S. and it's a very, it's a very different field here. And I guess it's like relatively more difficult to get into, you know. So um, I ended up being being getting into a field that I didn't think initially that I would be in, so to speak, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm like very, I'm very happy with where I am. Um, I'm, I'm able to fulfill my number one purpose, which is to help people, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, help heal. It's like reach out to people. Um, I, I, keep, I tell myself, whatever capacity it is, I get to do that. As long as I get to do it, I'm really content. Um, you know, and it's so funny. I, I mean, life has, or like, let's say God has a way of, you know, um, he gets you to he gets you to your dreams and your goals, but the route through which you go through might be different from what you envision. And that yeah. happens. That's, that's really played out in my life, you know. So I'm it's, at this point, I'm kind of I'm used to <laughs> I'm used to it never going the way I <laughs> I plan. Um, so yeah. Well, well Olive, what, some people when they when those kind of curveballs come, it stops them, or they get discouraged, or they get stuck. What ke what keeps you going on going forward? I'll say this might sound very cliche, but I'll say counting my blessings. You know oh, yeah, how I, so. You know, at the end of the day, think about it. I'm very, I'm, I'm so blessed. Like I just, I, I'm very opportune, so to speak. You know, it's, I still get to practice medicine in a foreign country, coming from like a completely different environment. Um, I'm, you know, alive. I'm healthy. You know, I have a very supportive family. So I look at, I always look at the bright side. Some people around me would tell me like you tend to be very positive. I'm like. Yes, there's almost no other way to, to go through life. You have to like, you know, either look at the glass half full or half empty. And I'm excited to look at this glass half full, you know. And I'm somebody who is very, um, I tend to be very, I anticipate good in the future. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so like that's, that also keeps me going because a part of me just always thinks it's going to be, 
there's something good out there. It's 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 coming. You know, even if you don't see it, it's, mm. it's there. And I, I think that really keeps me going. You know, um, even when I'm faced with curveballs or like you know things panning out differently from what I expected. Yeah, and you've had a few, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and medicine's not like even if. I mean, if you were at the top of your game, my nephew's a doctor also, even if you're at the top of your game, I mean, it's just hard. It's, it's just competitive. Um, you have to apply, you have to get accepted to all these different uh, programs and it's expensive. Um, so you seem like you're not someone to uh, just kind of sit back and hope things go your way. You, uh, so you got to go th- get out there and tackle it, huh? Absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, I mean, some people sometimes say good things come to those who, I've heard that before, good things come to those who wait, <laughs> not all good things. I feel like if you're gonna get something in life most times, you're gonna have to work for it. That's just, it's just one of the, this principles of life is just one of the principles of life, you know, so it's something I think I learned early and learned quickly, you know, so I'm not, um, I'm not at all afraid to you know, to put in the required work to get to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, you're listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete on Transformation Talk Radio, where we unpack your powerful potential. I have my guest, Olive Aswaji, who's a doctor on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. She's been telling us a little bit about her backstory, her life story. And uh, Olive, uh, this is just super encouraging beauty queen, doctor, immigrant, you know, all, all these other things. What would you say to people who are feeling stuck? Like life's not working out the way I thought. What would you say to them? Think about it. As long as you're alive, there is still hope. You just have to trust your, your gut. In, like you have to trust your instinct. You have to trust your gut. You know, whatever is, whatever's in place in your heart, to do whatever your, you know, hope or your aspirations or your dreams are. Like, don't give up. Like, don't just give up easily, you know. Keep, like, try. <laughs> try to fight for your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen other people in your life, you know, run into tough situations and they don't keep pressing through and they get stuck? You know what? Not really. Honestly, I feel like a, uh, for the most part, people I know or people around me, you know, this is just speaking, this is anecdotal experience. Like, this is just what I've seen. Um, because most people around me that I know tend to be people who sort of, for the most part, push through stuff, you know. They might not get to where they want to be, but they will at least try. Okay, can, can I point something out then? Yeah. Because you just, you didn't, I don't think you realize this, but you just told the rest of us another clue of how you keep moving forward is you surround yourself with like-minded people. Okay. Okay. You, that was implied. You didn't, you didn't call it out, but I'm seeing it as a third party It's like, no, not really because all the other people around me keep pushing through. You made a choice to be in a situation and, you know, granted, you know, uh, third year residents in medical programs are probably pretty motivated, but still, you also strike me as the kind of person that just doesn't want to tolerate being around whiners a lot. And uh, it, well. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't say it, you wouldn't say it that bluntly. I would, but you, you don't. Uh, <laughs> you'd be a lot nicer about it, but um, it's just, it's another factor, you know, don't, you don't give up is one thing that you said, get wisdom like Solomon but surround yourself with people that are going to challenge you and push you and keep you moving forward because they're an example for you. And that makes it seem like this is the norm. The norm is we keep moving, not the norm is we sit back and, and uh, yeah, that's great. It's great advice. Uh, thank you, Olive. Well, Olive, we're, uh, you know, we're coming down uh, just a few more minutes here left in the show. What, uh, what are some other thoughts? Again, you're, you know, a hero to us. Love hearing your, your backstory. Love hearing about what you're, you're doing in the, in the hospital. Um, crazy times for all of us. Um, yeah. You're experiencing it on multiple levels. Um, what, what are some of your you know, other, other thoughts, final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? I mean, I'll say this. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very inspired by the spirit of New Yorkers. 
I have to say that. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm very. <laughs> I'm very. Um, I'm very touched by like the love, and just outpouring of um, compassion of New Yorkers. First of all, complying with all the rules for the most part. You know, and just, I mean, even we as healthcare workers, like first responders, we've gotten so much um, outpouring of gifts, donations, just love. No, really, even the claps at 7 p.m. Um, it's been very, it's very moving. You know, I just hope that everyone takes that spirit and applies it to themselves indiv individualistically, you know, and... I don't know, that same fire that I guess people are using to, you know, like hail the heroes of this time. So use that fire as well to, I guess, hail yourself. You know what mm. I mean? Yourself in a different light in this time. Um, I mean, while you inflict. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that's great. Um, well, Thank you, Olive. Um, so Olive Aswaji, uh, one more time, she's a, a doctor on the front lines in the epicenter of the epicenter um, with, the, with the pandemic. And we just thank you for uh, your service, Olive, and your courage and your bravery. And uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts, your faith with us, your uh, philosophies about keeping going in life and keep moving forward to your, towards your destiny. Um, the quote for the day, again, is from Nelson Mandela. It says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. So great words from Nelson Mandela. Olive, thank you. Beauty queen, doctor destiny pursuer, uh, friend, uh, and look at the smile. I mean, that just, how could you not be affected by her smile? Like if you were one of her patients or one of her friends, um, this was fun. Sure. Yeah, it was, it is, it's, it is a lot of fun. It should be. Um, I, Hey, and I want to thank you, our listeners for tuning in to dynamic destiny radio. I had a wonderful time with Olive. I hope you did too. Please join me every other Wednesday at noon Eastern. 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, remember, you really are God's gift to the world. So be the best version of you that you can be because the rest of us are depending on you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join us next time to discover new ways to get clarity and make a positive impact in your world. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. That's P-E-T-E -E coaching.com.